And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody! Hey everybody! Welcome, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Max, and I'm Andrew. Dang it! Uh, guys, so we're we're talking about the two most recent episodes of the <laughs> Mandalorian season three, chapter twenty, the Foundling, and chapter twenty one, the Pirate. More than one pirate in that episode, by the way. Uh, I should have been. I don't called. know which one. Well, maybe we'll talk about. It. We'll figure out which one they're talking about. Should have um, been called a couple of pirates. Couple of so. This is. I, I have a general season three feeling that I'd like to get off my chest, and this is oh, a, and oh. this is a rant. <laughs> we are entering the rant zone. Um. So I think so. My wife has just lost interest in this show, and she really likes. <laughs> she liked the first two seasons. Hey, you know mm-hmm. what? Mando's for the boys. And, you know, I think, like, she came back a little bit from the pirate, but the, the fucking foundling, she was just, like, dipping. Mm-hmm. She And it's, like, the shortest episode of the season. She was not into it. And I was, like, trying to think of, like, why that is. Because, like, you know, I don't think, like, I, I you know, we sort of talked about it off air a little bit ago. That I think the foundling, the, the sequences with Ahmed Best where he's in that little speeder going through Coruscant looked like fucking shit. Like every, which, which, which just means it's very accurate to the prequels. <laughs> you know what? Good point. That was I, George Lucas's vision. Yeah. So it actually was, it actually perfectly uh, captured that the feeling of the prequels. Good point. I honestly felt that way. Like it was the, an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel mm-hmm. like I, it, they really nailed that like really bad look mm-hmm. of, of the prequels in Alderaan when they my, uh, showed there. My actual pushback is that it, it's frustrating because in the same episode, I think the the bird thing flying and them flying after it looked pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was exciting. I thought like the physicality looked cool. I liked like seeing a jetpack sputter in air and then kind of take back off. Like I liked it. I'm... So to have in the same episode, a speeder where like the cloak isn't flowing even like, I, God just, bless the man, and I hate how much he was given grief over it. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like, even like the dodging the lasers looked a little slow. It just looked his, a like, little his, like him moving the lightsaber around. It looked like it just like was a practice, you know, thing. And like I, they, they, I and again, when I say this stuff, I'm not, I'm not trying to rage against the VFX department, who's overworked, underappreciated, yes. underpaid. And so, like, when I say this, I'm not coming down against the VFX department. This is mostly probably an indictment of like either the people at Disney who are trying to push this out the door as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, it just, the effects on all the stuff with Ahmed best looked bad. And I was just like, I don't know why this looks so bad. And you know, I know why, but like, I just don't know how they're okay with pushing this stuff out. That looks like this. I, I was not completely joking when I, when I said, I do think that they are trying to match the prequel look. Maybe. And that, like, they've established a look of this thing, and mm-hmm. if they go too far against it, then, like, it, it does. Is, I it don't is know. an interesting thing to, to say, like, the idea that, like, if you ever fra- flash back to the prequel, it will, like, change, like, camera quality and, like, <laughs> effect quality and stuff like that is, is funny. Yeah. And almost, like, could be an excuse now, but, like, there's no reason... 
the other thing too, what's the what's the thing they use called the volume? Yeah. It's crazy to me that there are movies and productions that have used that to great effect. And then other times like you it feels like you can tell or that it's just not working as well. Yeah, I think it works for certain things and if you use them for those certain things it's great. And then if you need to do something bigger, you need to do something different mm -hmm. uh, and still use it when it doesn't work, then like you're you're going to get really bad results. There, but like yeah, there, like season one, it was still using the volume and everything like that. And I feel like in a lot like, of cases, it really worked. I think that season, yeah, season one, like he's on that snowy plane. It's when he captures the the gill guy and the, whatever. Like he's not actually in that, you know, they didn't build a big snowy set with a bar in the middle of nowhere. We're also not talking looked, about Horatio Sands on this podcast either. That's true. We're not. <laughs> but uh, but no, it looked good and it suited the thing. But then there's like, there's movies too, like the Batman used the volume. Catwoman and him are standing on that building at you know dawn or whatever, and it's like the red and it like it looked great. If you told me they were standing on a, a big fucking building, I would have believed you. Or like the fable, like the Fablemans, the Spielberg movie used the volume when they're driving in the car after the lightning storm. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but um, wait, there's wait, just wait, examples wait, wait. of it where it like Who, it actually it's used to good effect, and then it feels like they're relying on it too much for some of this other stuff. Is this so? Is this like? A type of volume, something that's similar to the volume, not the. I was under the impression like it's that's the almost the exact like, same thing that they're having like. Uh, Disney I don't know if it's like a Marvel proprietary. I think it's and, a proprietary thing. I don't think like you can build a version of it yet. I think it's like the volume. Or that's nothing. what I'm saying. How are you? How are you saying Batman's filming on the same set as uh, Star Wars? I think they snuck in. <laughs> oh my god i don't know if they, i don't know if they like got because like, well, why, would, why would disney be like yeah you can make use this cool technology no matter what fine yeah, yeah. that's fine Are so you, you might be making right. some maybe, stuff up I maybe think? there is no, no no there might be something that's like adjacent or maybe it is maybe it is something they sold to disney and and can sell to other people but it's called the decibel Yes. <laughs> or the D yes. dceuable <laughs> oh i wouldn't actually that's uh, yeah not good not good um so i i think like and I, I kind of uh, went off on a side tangent there, but I think what this season more than seasons one and two has done is seasons one and two felt like if if you've never watched anything Star Wars before, you can still kind of get on board with the show. And like there's a lot of like extra stuff and like little teasers and stuff that like if you've watched you know, the previous movies you'll get. If you've watched the Clone Wars, you can be like, oh, that's cool. I know what that is. And Rebels mm -hmm. and all these other things. And seasons one and two, like a little bit, season two a little bit later kind of feels a little bit more like you, you're really more well-suited if you've watched Clone Wars and Rebels. And this season is so predicated on like, not just like you having watched the first two seasons of The Mandalorian and not just watching the previous season of The Book of Boba Fett, but now it's really getting in the weeds of like, if you have not watched Rebels and you have not watched Clone Wars, they're kind of leaving you in the lurch. And it's just like, there's a lot of fucking deep lore that they're jumping into that I don't think that they really did a lot of in the first two seasons. And this one, it just feels like if you're not a hardcore Star Wars fan, you're kind of shit out of luck. And like, there's stuff that they're sh they're showing on screen, and I consider myself a Star Wars fan that I have no fucking idea about because I've not watched Clone Wars or Rebels. Sure, and I'm not as I'm not caught up on all the peripheral cartoons and stuff either. So yeah. I'm, but I but I'm also like 
I will sometimes watch videos where like the recaps ever be like, this is what, what this was from. And I'm like, sure. oh, okay. But I, I don't disagree that like, I wonder if they're almost like in the same way they didn't even bother recapping Book of Boba Fett stuff in the intro to this season. I wonder if they're also like, huh, they've probably went back and watched Rebels by now. It's like, <laughs> no, no, right. I haven't. I, 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 I haven't done it yet. So it yeah, it feels like they they assume that when they drop the name like Grand Admiral Thrawn like last season that you'd be like, I wonder who that is. I'll go watch five seasons of Rebels sure. between <laughs> seasons mean, two and three. Else, though, it is just like it's a weird Star Wars name, and it's like we might see this guy later, but you don't have any idea what the context is. Mm-hmm. And if you have watched it, you're like, well, we know Thrawn is this brilliant tactician. Soka's had a dealings with him. There was a whole series where he was a big villain, and you know, using the Empire to his end and blah blah blah. So like. It is, I would like it, like you said, to lean more like it enriches it for you if you're a fan and know that stuff, but it doesn't feel like you can't break in if you haven't. Yeah. And it, it yeah. So I understand what you're talk, talking about. Having watched both Clone Wars and Rebels, I think another ma- major issue is not necessarily that it's reaching into the lore, but that it's just telling a really boring story about the Mandalorians yeah. that nobody gives a shit about. Because, like, it's about Din Djarin becoming a member of a society that they kind of pointed out in season two was outdated and a cult. like a cult stuck in their ways and not really the, like, yeah, that, that they, like, they're what's it called like they're out they not just outdated but they they shouldn't exist maybe mm-hmm. like like they are they're a, a relic they're a relic yeah, of mandalorian relic, society yeah and that now he this whole thing from episode one is him trying to get back into it mm-hmm. and so everyone's just wondering why what is he getting from this and every time they show the mandalorians they just show how inept they are mm-hmm. how they're really reliant on Din Djarin and like anyone from outside is way better at what they do than they are they'd all and be dead it, if if not for Bo-Katan and Din Djarin like it, yeah. it's frustrating to me that because we have talked about this on and off the pod that it's like when Boba Fett uh was first around an empire I don't even know if anyone knew he was a Mandalorian, but he was cool because his armor looked cool and he was like a cool guy. And even then he still died like a chump, but he was still like evangelized and people were like, God, he looked fucking cool. I hope they make, <laughs> they talk about him more. And now it's like, Oh God, I don't know if we want to hear any more about this fucking, <laughs> I what know about that there's, di- Hey, what about his dad? <laughs> what were the, the pure Mandalorians has been shattered and fractioned and everyone is either going by weird dogmas or, you know, doesn't follow them and is, you know, ineffectual or trying to get a leg up and they can't. And it's like, if they could bring themselves all together, they might reach those heights again, but it's hard to be like, care about these people. And like, I love an underdog story, but it's like, they're supposed to be capable. They're supposed to be very capable warriors. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time it feels like they are on the ropes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little frustrating. I don't want an invincible group or a main character that is you know completely there's complete plot armor over everyone but it is just like it's frustrating especially in this this fourth episode where this is it's like every piece of wildlife wants to kill them and it's like y'all should just jump to one one more planet try yeah try settling somewhere else it's not even like you've established like a settlement you live in a cave you can move to a different (laughs) cave yeah 
Apparently that like the armor's forge just pops in and out. It's just function wherever you want to put it in. It can right. Go. So I think are, the do they just not have a ship or something? Are they all just like stranded? They, they don't. They, they, have, have, they haven't shown any sort of ship. So maybe they. But then how did they get there? Yeah. Plus, like this this series has established that you can get pretty much anywhere in the entire fucking galaxy in about pretty, five minutes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean it, it's a thing of Star Wars is like there's times where they're sitting in hyperspace for apparently hours at a time. They're waiting to get to the location they've clocked in. But with hyperspeed means that if you're in the, you know, the core of the planets or whatever, like you can bounce around very quickly. So it does seem silly sometimes, but like, it's always sort of been that way. I just think that in the movies and other shows, it's typically been like, well, they jump to this place, but they take a little bit to get there at least a few hours or something like that. But, uh, it's odd. Yeah, it, it does. Here it's like in the middle of a conversation, <laughs> like one one person. Like they did it a couple times. So like, uh, uh, Din Djarin gets captured by a robot creature, and Baby Yoda, who doesn't know how to fly a plane, just like, hey, let's take off. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go meet up with Bo Katan. And then she's like, yeah, we got to go pick up something, and then we'll go uh, like <laughs> go see what, how Din Djarin's I'm doing. I'm really down hungry. There. We need like, to pick up food first. Yeah. <laughs> It just really felt like that. And then again with the rebel pilot, he's just like kind of in the, like, oh, okay. Uh these guys just got, you know, they're they're struggling and we gotta fly away somewhere. Yeah. And like we'll we'll be back in about two minutes after I have this conversation with like the bureaucrats of uh Coruscant that like everything's going even him walking in the building they they established the it's kind of like a, a video game with side missions right where mm-hmm. the 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 main quest is like it's on pause until a, you yeah. go and reactivate it again but it's of utmost importance so you're like best friend is dangling from you know like from his toes and and all his skin's being right. flayed off and stuff like that and you're like oh shit i gotta help that but i could pick five uh five flowers over here and, right. and like yeah. turn that into a potion over there Sounds and I'll get cool, back to them eventually. <laughs> but it, that's the way that I hope this is a Jedi is. survivor by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I think the other the other thing that I think, you know, and like there it is bared fruit that like this is the least watched season of the Mandalorian right, so mm-hmm. far is the Mandalorian like he's not the main character of this season. And like he has, he had one goal at the beginning of the season, which was to bathe in the waters of Mandalore, and he, he did, did it in it. like episode two or three or whatever. so. Now he's just like along for the ride. Like he's not like, you know, like the I think the big appeal of seasons one and two is the father son relationship between Din Djarin and, and Grogu, and they do jack shit in this show. Like it's mostly about Bo Katan right now, and like I don't have a problem with that. I like Bo-Katan as a character and Katie Sackhoff, I think is such a cool actor and I, I love almost everything that she does. It's not a problem with her, but it is a, I think that is why people have lost a connection with the show is that like, I think they lost sight of what made this show popular with people, which was this relationship with Din Djarin and Grogu. Which is Pedro what I was Pascal also going to say is like, yeah, it's crazy to me that like, it feels like they've not been showing Grogu as much as I was expecting. And it's kind of fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, he, that's what people really, want to see. He's been the main star of the show since he was introduced. And just uh, like, um, I feel like I'm fucking the client. Like I want to see the baby. Like that's like all I, yeah. it's, and like, instead it's just like, we're watching this like kind of like you know 
the 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 Galactic Senate having conversations. It's like the Mandalorian mm. Senate having conversations about how they should go forward with their culture. I'm just like, I this is not I and I don't I'm not trying to say this as like a fucking corny joke. It's not the Mandalorians. It is the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian is Din Djarin, and like I don't give a fucking flying fuck about like the armorer and what she thinks and like what I, they want for Mandalorian culture. It's just like this is not the show. I don't. I don't necessarily like not want to know about them, but like it does feel like it is like blurring the the narrative. It's it, it is it's trying to be too many other things. Can I can I actually pivot in a way to like yeah. the the other episode about that? Yeah, I'm gonna jump kind of far ahead. Grief Karga said, "Hey Mandalorian, you've done so much for us. I have a tract of land I want to give you. Nice spot. You can settle down for once. Finally, mm-hmm. by the end of this." most recent episode the Mandalorians as a whole have been have been become saviors of Navarro and are offered where at once they were dwellers in the sewers a tract of land of their own you mm-hmm. may not have a home world but you but do you got, have a home here yeah. beautiful thank you so much that what a what a kind gesture immediately afterwards we're taking back our home world I'm we're getting out of here it's like well what the fuck are you <laughs> Why would you say that in the same episode? Yeah. Like, it's just, it seems weird. It seems like a weird affront to like what you've been given. I'm not mad. Grief Cargo's like in the actual... background, just like, what the fuck? Like... He's like, yeah, he's like, Mando. Mando. His little, his cape droids are freaking out. Like, he's like camera. reading, he's like reading through the script. Like, why is this written in here? This is, it can't be the same episode. It's just a little, fr- it, it feels like, it feels weird to undo it in the same episode. Like, it feels mi- like weird to second... be like, and I don't, I think it makes sense to be like the Mandalorians are going to try and retake their homeworld that they thought was poisoned and, and could never be recovered. That's cool. Okay. Oh, great. But like after this, this act, I mean, like, this is what we do. Like we're protecting, we're helping man, Mando, Mando because he asked us to, and he's got the dark saber. And also like, it's just like, it is, this is the way blah, blah, blah. And then it just feels like it undoes it a bit to mm-hmm. be like, I think we're well, okay. We'll take your track for a second. We're just like launching off of there back to our planet. I think there's a big problem with writing and pacing in that, like, there are a lot of things that don't seem to make sense the way they're put together, unless you're thinking about like we need to get from point A to point B to point C to point mm-hmm. D. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the next letter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I had to think yes. about it yeah. for a second, but like all of this stuff, like the. Early on in the episode where he really had to go to IG-11, uh, mm-hmm. right, to, to get him in order to go to uh, Mandalore. And that did not make any fucking sense to me at the time. It I was still like, does what, what? Yeah, what was the point of that? And now I realize he needed to go see Navarro as a thriving community before he saves it from uh, the pirates. Like, they had to set it up early so he could come back to it later and then have that Navarro homecoming. It only makes sense as like a scriptwriter who's got this idea in mind, who wants it to get from here to there. And that's what a lot of this stuff has to do. Like this stuff, you you've only barely come up with a lore excuse for it to to happen, but it doesn't work, mm-hmm. and it, nobody's feeling it. And you keep doing it over and over again. Uh, and it, it almost feels like it's a it's doing actors favors because like it felt like that was an excuse to get uh fucking why can't i remember his taika in an episode and then like in the same way that he has to go to uh to get the r5 unit from um 
uh, Pe- Amy Sedaris. Um, like it just felt like they haven't found a way to get them in the episode. So let's just squeeze them in here. And yeah. then like when they, when they go to, you know, the, the fucking new Republic and the pilot goes to visit Leon Phelps, the ladies man, like, it's like, what, you know, like, <laughs> come on. It, it's just like, it, it feels like they're doing actors favors by putting them in the show. And yeah. versus like, this is what makes sense from a, script point of view this is what makes sense from a storytelling point of view just like we need support on navarro would there be ladies (laughs) yeah that sounds disgusting i'm not going to um it's just like see tim meadows again though it was great to see tim meadows i'm not i'm not mad about seeing tim meadows but in a like in an episode of this otherwise like is frustrating other ways it's just kind of like okay yes that was great but like it's yeah and i also think like and pacing i think is is exactly right max i think they have a it's a very weird pacing because like it they're jumping around so much from plot a to plot c to plot q all these things but it's taking them five fucking episodes to get to where the season is going to go which is what they think they didn't in episode five which was to introduce that that uh that uh gideon moff gideon has been like his prison transport has been attacked and they think it was by mandalorians and like, which is a setup, right? It's a or do we think it's a faction of Mandalorians that is somehow loyal to him? I or? think it's a faction. That's my guess. Yeah, I also guess that too. Because, like, like, that's honestly the, the only thing that so far where I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. That there might be like Mandalorians that are like completely counter, like yeah. hostile to the other Mandos. So I think because, like, and this is it's another the reason I think that it's a faction that's bad is because of this uh, clumsy writing. That they just had the armorer say, "Hey, take your helmet off. You're gonna go uh, unite the clan. Con- connect every yeah, every, all the different types of Mandalorians. Oh, f- turns out there's a group of Mandalorians out there who's not great. Mm-hmm. Boom! Well, you just took your mask off for that. Like, I don't know. It just seems like it, everything's too coincidental. Yeah. Did you guys think that she was gonna be like, take your helmet off? And then she was gonna. She's like, "You're out. You're yeah. out. Sorry, no. You know, you're but out. You you told me to. Mm-mm. Yeah. You aren't following all rules. I did hear that point. I uh, there's like a Star Wars channel I watch on YouTube and does some actual pretty good breakdowns and stuff like that. And they they did make the point of like that wasn't her choice either. She was like commanded to do it and took the helmet off. So even though it is kind of odd that she did decide to kind of like either out of politeness or an actual like sense of like duty to the new tribe that took her in like decide to keep put her he- keeping her helmet on it is funny to be like to be like oh should i take it off it's like you were like fine with it like a week ago so <laughs> is it that big a deal um do you do you also get the sense that maybe bo katan is kind of playing them a little bit because like she spent so much of season two being like they're a fucking cult and like you wanting to jump on is like weird and then now it's just like, as soon as they're like, come in, come in. She's like, cool. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I, I think part of it is like desperation. Cause she's lost the groups that she had. They took the ships and flew off and blah, blah, blah. And like, she has no command of her people. She doesn't, she didn't have the dark saber. She has like a, a, a royal claim to the throne, but not like the, the physical thing that they need. Um, it, it kind of felt like her wrapping herself up in a blanket on the throne for weeks at a time that kind of <laughs> really like solidified the desperation to me that she is just looking for some friends right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it also seems weird to me that she has, she had access to the dark saber 
and like clearly wielded it better than Din Djarin and then just like very willfully gave it back to him and hasn't mentioned it once since mm-hmm. you know like it just well, have, I did wonder if there was going to be that was going to be a big conflict of this is like she's going to battle him again for it or like there's going to be some conflict of like I deserve to lead it and I also need to win from you the sword but I think it's leaning more towards their cult maybe getting rid of the helmet rule or you know them like kind of like loosening their scriptures which it feels like the armor already has the fact that she's like she's one of us but she walks both worlds she can have her helmet off and help bring people together and it's like that to me already shows bending in the rules of the co- the covert or whatever. But that- doesn't that like doesn't that in in the same way that Navarro seceding some land to the Mandalorians? We spent two fucking episodes of this season of Mandalorian going to Mandalore, going into the water so he can be forgiven and all these things for just two episodes later for them to be like, you know what? These fucking helmets are kind of old, right? Like we don't need this shit. And it's like. That was the whole reason why he almost died at, in the fucking, you know, the like spider robot and then like in the waters is that like he was yeah. trying to be forgiven for so bad. You have to go to like the poison planet that <clears throat> is inhabitable, uninhabitable to redeem yourself. And then it's like, actually, I can maybe you can walk two worlds. Yes. But I would argue that Bo-Katan is a different example than Mando, who was from birth a foundling adopted in and were it and stuff. He. He doesn't walk two worlds the same way. Sure. He's been part of their covert forever. Yeah. So it is wonky, but I think it makes a little more sense for Bo. Yeah. It has been a frustrating season, in my opinion. I it know, hasn't been as it hasn't been as good. Yeah. And it, it feels uh unfocused. I think the mm-hmm. the thing that I heard somebody say, and I really do agree with this, is that I think at the end of this season, you'll probably feel credits. like as oh. a oh yeah, at the end of the season there will be credits. Okay, okay prediction imperial credits um that at the end of the season as a total storytelling thing you might feel pretty satisfied in a way that if you streamed it all at once it would make sense but this is a weekly release thing and so because they're taking so i mean i can't believe this is like an eight like eight episodes is this season right so we're already like halfway through it i think so yeah that it took that long to get to where we're going with this season. Like, if this had been episode three, this last episode... Is it been only ep- eight? I thought so. If so, and, and we're on episode five and Gideon hasn't even shown his face, that's kind of wild. I, that's what I mean. Like, it, it it feels like... That'd be like not showing the Emperor in the first Star Wars movie. It'd be like sh- not showing the Emperor in the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, But it's like... It, it took so long and like we're, we're, you know, over halfway there. I think there might be more episodes, but I think there's eight. And so if this had been episode three, we're like, now we can finally start seeing where the plot's going and stuff like that. This sh- like, they took so fucking long to get here. And like, but they zip around with other stuff so much that it's just like, how can you jump from plots so much and not fucking tell what the story of the season is going to be until episode five? Well, that's like a, like the whole episode with uh, uh, the doctor on Coruscant yeah. and stuff where it's like, that's a whole divergent thing where it's like, I think this is, this is probably going to pay off, right? And it's like, they hold devoted a whole episode to it and it just feels wild in retrospect because this has to start paying off like next episode. Right. Like we, I need to know what's going on. So I don't know. It's, it's annoying because yeah. I think that Mando has been really good and 
I don't like the comparisons to Andor because it is still Star Wars, but it's a different kind of show. Yeah, I agree with that. But this also doesn't feel to me like Mando season one and two. Mm -hmm. It it feels like, like I said, more unfocused. It feels, and it's just crazy to me. Again, Disney figured out after season one, who who told them? Oh, did it? Was it? um, Who's the director who played the client of of fucking Fire of Love and all sorts of, you know, why can't I think of his goddamn name? I know. Name? I've been I've been doing the same thing. Um, he's so great. But I'm pretty sure he's oh, the one oh, who oh. said. Oh, uh, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. So Werner yes. Herzog. I thought you were talking about a director of the of this because I a apologize. lot of the directors from the show. Have no, 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 no. I apologize. <laughs> but I I think he was quoted as the one who was like, "Don't like you should have the physical doll. Like don't replace it or something." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh, okay." And like, guess what? It rules when when like physical Grogu is there. Cause he looks good. It's cute. It's a great prop. It's cute as hell. And it's like, it, you can tell it's fucking there. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I just like when he flips around jumping. That's my favorite. Part. Yeah. And it's like, it just brings me back to episode <laughs> two with Yoda. I'm like, finally we get to see this dude fight. I just um, want to see Grogu. Man. I want to see but, him go against uh cult children some more. That's my, <laughs> can we please so it just feels that? like insane to be like, this is such a draw. Why aren't you featuring it more? It should be Lone yeah. Wolf and Cub. It should be Mando and this kid jetting around. It, 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 I don't need this world. Like, and also, like, what ends up happening? Like, I don't remember hearing in The Last Jedi and Beyond that the Mandalorians were this great force in the universe again. So, like, is it just going to end miserably and they don't do anything? Are they just going to beg off from the rest of the galaxy and not help? Like, it just seems depressing. That's like, what I just yeah. focus on them going around and being a pair. That's what like it feels like they're they're doing so much of Disney's groundwork to justify why there's a first have order. Ahsoka's, you know, the new show. Got to do this. Got to do that. Well, it's just, just like it. It feels like they're doing so much of like Disney's groundwork to show you how there's a it's it actually makes sense that there's a first order in episode seven it makes sense that they're able to clone palpatine in episode nine and it's just like i don't care like you know like for the most part i think the sequel trilogy has its moments but i think it's a failure and i don't need you to sacrifice this tv show that i've liked thus far to try and get like see it actually makes sense when you when like connect every tendon and muscle right it's like it's See like, how wrong you were? We were right the whole time, and it makes you know, sense. In episode and, two, they made up that like there was just an army being built, clones of soldiers, and that right. was just that's crazy. But like that's what they did. Yeah, it, I don't need to hear extra now that I know cloning exists. I'm not that I'm not that blown away that like Palpatine got cloned. Right, that's not crazy to me. So I don't need to be like dark music looms and. Mm, this would be most interesting to, you know, Chancellor Palpatine. It's like, yeah, we know he wants to not fucking die. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. This this feels to me like Dave Filoni is really interested in tying together the whole Star Wars universe, including the prequels, including the sequels, just making sure it all works in tandem. And um, in general, I think he does a pretty good job, and I think he's done a lot of good yeah. Uh, work redeeming some of the older stuff that uh, I had considered pretty irredeemable by adding some character to it. This feels like his story beats written by somebody else who doesn't know how to put any heart into it. And it, like they're trying to get those lore connections, but they don't know how to make you care about them one fucking iota. And so it's like, that's where the big problem comes in is there it feels like somebody is trying to do somebody else's work sounds like instead of dave filoni they got dave fafoni 
<laughs> I like that a lot. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. It just, it, it, yeah, it felt like, it feels like studio notes. Like it feels like mm-hmm. they, they found the, the corner of star Wars that people were like pretty pleased with. And they were just like, but what if you like redeem all the shit that people think is wrong with what we've done so far? And it's just like, yeah, can we use the goodwill of the Mandalorian to like repair and connect to other stuff? And it's like, you don't have to, right. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine as an Easter egg. It's not fine to me as like plot points and like you're taking up time in an episode to fucking make it all connect like yeah i and i i'm a dumb fucker i love that kind of <laughs> shit i love knowing that there's weird you know and canon and non-canon stuff but like it doesn't need to happen this way make a fuck you know what do a comic series of the mandalorian do make all the little easter eggs you want make it canon it's fine but like it just feels like frustrating it feels like a waste of time if we are three episodes out from the finale there's just too much shit going on. It, again, mm-hmm. it's unfocused. It feels so. like it feels like midway through season six of Lost, where it's just like, are we going to get the answers that we've been asking for? Like, are we going to get the story that we've been telling? Or are they just going to keep introducing new plot lines? And then the finale is going to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, I, yeah. it's frustrating, but. I just know, like, for me, in order to redeem this whole thing, not this season, but next season, Baby Yoda needs to grow a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. It has to happen. That's what I and, say. And then I'm back on board. Yeah. And each hair is like a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, anyways, yeah, I think we all want these to be better. And you'll we'll see if episodes six and seven get better, and you'll hear about it right here on the Gentleman's Mini. See you next time. Bye. Bye.